five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello and welcome to another episode of Holy Half Hour, your one-stop shop for Christian entertainment, Bible facts, quizzes, music, good times. It's it's just a great time, isn't it, Kieran? It sure is, Michael. Good to be back with you. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm well. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Been at a work-related conference this weekend, virtual conference, of course, uh, which has been very fun and encouraging, so... It's a lot harder to network uh, during the coffee breaks on a virtual conference, isn't it? It is. Do you know, it's funny because they have this sort of, uh, they had this online platform they were using and they had a lounge, inverted commas, where (laughs) they were tables, inverted commas. And basically they were all like just little video chat rooms that you could Mm. join. So so I did get to catch up with with an old friend who I trained with, which was really nice. Oh, that's cool. Was it actually popular, the lounge, or was it just like two people in at any one time? Yeah, a lot of people were using it, and because of the nature of my job, I'm a music therapist, for mm-hmm. listeners who don't know, because um, there were different music therapy organizations there, they were sort of sat at their own tables almost, but other people were kind of drifting in and out, so oh, that's cool. it was quite nice. Yeah, quite great. a nice way to do it. It did seem to work. Well, I'm glad that technology is uh, keeping up with the times, that's uh, always a good sign. <laughs> and we've yeah. had a busy week, we've uh, moved house now, Kieran, it's nice to be in a new place. Uh-huh, yeah. Baby exciting. has her own bedroom and everything. It's it's pretty exciting, pretty exciting. Yeah, that's cool. But we have a lot of amazing things to stuff into Holy Half Hour this week, so I think we should just crack on, shouldn't we, Kieran? Let's do it. Michael and Kieran Michael and Kieran Michael and Kieran Michael and Kieran Okay, Kieran, this week's game is one that I thought, hey, this is a great idea, and it's going to take not very long to prep. And in reality... I love those ideas. (laughs) It took hours and hours to prep. (laughs) Okay, Um, wow. So this is the one and only time that we will be playing Famous (laughs) Christians from History, Fact or Fiction. Ah, nice. So, Kieran, I'm going to tell you a short kind of synopsis, uh, explanation, description, if you will, Mm -hmm. of a famous Christian from history. But are they a real famous Christian from history or a fictional (laughs) famous Christian from history? Okay. And and that's it, really. So there's five questions. And I've been really psyching myself out with, like, which order to put truths or falses in. Um, oh, yeah. So basically, I'm going to use a random number generator to choose the order I read these out in. Um, because <laughs> I, I don't want there to be any chance of game theory at all. Kieran. No game theory. Okay, okay. Um, right. So that's it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin the random number generator. Boobly, 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 boob. And uh, here is your number, number one famous Christian factor fiction. Bishop okay. René d'Herblay was a French Roman Catholic bishop during the early years of the reign of Louis XIV in the 1660s. René d'Herblay was at least partly credited with educating the young king who went on to rule for over 70 years and became one of France's most beloved monarchs. Is Bishop René mm. d'Herblay, or was Bishop René d'Herblay, fact or fiction, Kieran? 
So this story is either entirely made up, the person never existed, mm-hmm. or it, they did, and it's all true. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it okay. first time. Okay, I just I suppose I'm asking because it's not like a case of where like there might be, you know, you, you that some of these things might be true of someone. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But but this guy in particular never existed. It's important to mention that they weren't made up by me. So they're literally right. either factually Christians who exist in real world, or they're uh-huh. famous fictional characters from works of fiction who happen to be Christian. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. So it, right. it's not made up by me as much as I'd like to take credit for the ones that are made up. Uh, I didn't make any up. I just did the research. Okay. Boop, boop, boop. René de Blais. Yeah, I mean, that's my best attempt at pronouncing a French name. René d'apostrophe H-E-R-B-L-A-Y. Okay. Well, I'm going to say, I don't know, I just have a feeling that he's not real. I think mm-hmm. he might be a work of fiction, so that's what I'm going to go with. All right. Well, let's have a look, Kieran. Whee! Hey! Well done. Nice. René d'Herblay is the real, in inverted commas, name of Aramis, one of the three musketeers from Alexander Dumas' <laughs> D'Artagnan romance novels, Kieran. <laughs> okay. So, well done, well done. Okay. I'm rolling the the random number generator again. And we are going with Constantine Sylvanus. Constantine Sylvanus was the founder of the Paulicians, a Christian movement in the 7th century Armenia who sought to return to the purity of the church in the time of Paul the Apostle. Constantine was given a copy of the four Gospels and the letters of Paul by a traveller and after reading them, changed his name to Sylvanus. Uh, Constantine Sylvanus began preaching and gathering a group of followers who rejected what they considered the image worship of the superstition of the Byzantine church. They were considered heretical by the Byzantine church. Hmm. Was Constantine Sylvanus real or fictional? Well, I'm almost certain that there was a real historical dude called... Well, I mean, there was the Roman Emperor, wasn't there? But, <laughs> well, there's um, a lot of Constantines in history, for sure. Yeah, there, that, well, this is the thing, is there are quite a few Constantines, so the name, you know, uh, is there, the, the name is mm. a real name. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you're amazing! <laughs> However, and this is where it gets interesting, Michael. <laughs> okay. Is that the part of this Constantine oh, may or may see, not be real. Yeah. <laughs> As you explained to me <laughs> a, a minute ago, I'm now explaining to you. Well, uh, I mean, it's never, never a bad thing to explain something to me. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I just, uh, the vibe I'm getting is that this really happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to say real, real person. Okay, let's take a look. Whee! Nice. You are correct. Sylvanus was stoned to death <laughs> in 684, and Emperor Justinian II ordered his followers and all other Polycians or Polishians to be burned to death as heretics in 690, Kieran. They mm. had very little tolerance for heretical teachings back in the day. Yeah, seems so. You're doing well, two out of five so far, Kieran, and here is the random number generator spinning, and it is coming up with this one. Oh, here we go. Reverend Timothy Lovejoy Jr. is a famous American <laughs> pastor of the Western branch of the American Reform Presbyterian Church. 
He became well known for being simultaneously tolerant of other religions, <laughs> performing a Hindu wedding ceremony, and co-hosting a religious radio program with a Jewish rabbi. And his intolerance of other Christian denominations, famously publicly brawling with a Roman Catholic priest. Kieran, Reverend <laughs> Timothy Lovejoy Jr., is he real or fictional? Oh, this is, if this is a trap, I'll be very, uh, I'll be very annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Because, but well, <laughs> because of course, this sounds suspiciously like the Reverend Timothy Lovejoy from The Simpsons, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> What's The Simpsons, Karen? So unless there's a real guy mm. called Reverend Timothy Lovejoy who did all of those things and maybe the, the Simpsons character was based on him, mm. which would be incredible if it's true. I, I almost hope that's true. Uh, I'm going to say it's actually fiction in this case. Okay, let's take a look. Hey. hey. Yes. I, I I I suspected you might get that one. He is, of course. <laughs> yeah. That was the brilliant. Priest in the in the Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. Or the Reverend in the Simpsons. Yeah. And he did co-host Gabin about God with um <laughs> Rabbi Krostovsky and yeah. that Catholic guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um well, well done, Kieran. I mean, you've already won, but there's two more, so let's take a look at them, shall we? Cool. William of Baskerville was an Italian Franciscan friar. In Italian, his name was Guglielmo de Baskerville, and a former inquisitor who, in 1327, chaired a theological disputation between Pope John XII and the Franciscan order who were suspected of heresy. Hmm. Real or fictional, Kieran? His name one more time. William of Baskerville is his anglicized name. Guglielmo so, de Baskerville is his Italian name. So I feel like I've heard that before, mm-hmm. but I, I think in a historical context, not fiction. So I'm going to say that he was real. All right. Let's take a look. <coughs> oh, oh, finally got you. Yes. All of the work <laughs> was worth it. The hours of research. Um. um in fact, William of Baskerville is from the Umberto Eco novel In the Name of the Rose, written in 1980. Ah, a famous okay. kind of detective. And not only does he uh, chair the theological disputation, but he also solves a bunch of murders, kind of like Cadfile. Right, okay. Okay. So, last one. We've had two real, two not real. Who knows which this one will fall? And we don't need the random number generator, but you've already won. So, but here it is. <laughs> William Cowper was an English poet and hymn writer who lived in the 1700s. Cowper suffered on multiple occasions from bouts of depression and insanity and dreamt that he was doomed to eternal damnation and that God required him to make a sacrifice of his own life. Real or fictional, Kieran? Uh, yeah, that has, has a ring of truth to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think I'm going to say this was a historical person. Okay, let's take a look. Hey, four, out four out of five. Ain't bad at all. <laughs> yes, Cowper was one of the most popular poets of his time. He was one of the forerunners of romantic poetry and wrote the hymn mm. Light Shining Out of Darkness, which you, Kieran, and other listeners may know better as God Moves in a Mysterious Way, which there was a famous cover of on Jeremy Riddle's debut album, Full Attention, Kieran. God moves in a mysterious way. 
he, there isn't. I, I went and listened to the original of that recently, actually, because uh, Jeremy Riddle, it's a brilliant, beautiful version, but mm. he changed the melody quite a lot. Yeah. It's really interesting to go back and listen to the original if you haven't, because um, it is uh, really beautiful and very mysterious. Mm. It really captures the, uh, the, the mystery, I think, that the lyrics talk about. So if you haven't heard that, listeners, I recommend it, that you, you check out both versions. Yeah, definitely. And maybe, Kieran, there'll be some more from William Kerper later in the show when we get to the hmm. Ah. <laughs> okay, well, I look forward to it. Well, well done, Kieran. Um, I mean, it was fun. I now know so much about so many Christian historical characters because it's really difficult to, <laughs> to pitch the, like, not too famous but famous enough. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. also, like, not just boring. Uh, but actually uh-huh. it did something interesting or experienced something interesting. So I, can uh, imagine. I must have read about 50 Wikipedia <laughs> articles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the listeners and I appreciate the hard work you put in to give, uh, to give us five minutes of entertainment. But they, were a gr- <laughs> but they were a great five minutes. So it was like ultra-concentrated, hyper-entertainment. So thank you. It was certainly five minutes, but I'll let you be the judge of whether it was entertaining, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Ooh, unlikely worship songs. Unlikely. Michael, it's time for another unlikely worship song. Uh, listeners, if it's your first time with us, unlikely worship songs is the segment where I bring Michael a song that you probably are unlikely to hear played in church <laughs> for a variety of reasons, mm-hmm. uh, usually because it's completely ridiculous or because it touches <laughs> on topics that, uh, you know, might be considered a bit too, uh, you know, maybe risky to to do a song about in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that there's anything like vulgar in these, just to reassure you. No, no, listeners, never, never. If that's your concern. But, uh, but you know, maybe exploring the uh, aspects of church life and of uh, worship music that uh, maybe are less explored uh, in, in churches. So, Michael, this week, we've got a visit from uh, an old friend, uh, mm-hmm. a character who's come back for another, another appearance. Um, because Goliath, everybody's favorite giant, has, uh, has an album coming out, Michael. I don't know if you knew <laughs> really? this. But he's got an album coming out, and uh, and he sent me the promo mm-hmm. for this. So I, I agreed to play it on the show because you know he's he's helped us out in the past. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, so I thought, well, you know, we owe him one. So so I said we'd play <laughs> a little promo for his album. So nice. Uh, I've sent it to you. So if you'd like to play that, Michael, yeah, yeah I've got and, it. Uh, it'd be great to, great to know what you think. I'm intrigued to know how this came about because at the la- end of the last unlikely worship song with Goliath, he met a bit of a sticky end. So we'll see. This That's must be true, some kind did. of pro- prologue before that one. All right, here we go. Here it is. New from Philistine Records, it's Goliath Sings the Greats. All your favourite classic songs performed by everyone's favourite giant. That's me, Goliath. Enjoy classics like this one. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I want to crush you like a brain. Stick to the script. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I get carried away. Or how about this Christmas favourite? 
I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. <laughs> I threw a massive rock at them and sent them to a watery grave. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm doing it again, aren't I? <laughs> and don't forget this timeless hymn. All things bright and beautiful, all creatures big and tall. <laughs> you okay, Goliath? Thank you, Stevie. I'll be fine. Order now. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I'd buy it. I would buy it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've already pre-ordered. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll, send, I'll send you a copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will it be available on streaming platforms? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll look we'll look into that. I mean, I just think he has a really unique and uh, beautiful voice, and uh, a remar- remarkably uh, you know sensitive soul, mm. uh, despite the reputation that he has for <laughs> crushing people like a grape, <laughs> and a unique um, perspective as well. Really, so uh, yeah. Well, he well he is very tall. You're right. So, um, uh, Kieran, you're funny. I say it every week, but that was uh, <laughs> very good. So, thank you for that. <laughs> No problem. <sighs> Michael and Kieran. Okay, Kieran, it's time for my recurring musical segment now. Not quite as good hey. as Goliath Sings the Hits, but we're uh, going to do Michael Kazoo's A Single Hit. <laughs> and uh, for those of you who might be listening for the first time, uh, we have uh, a list of the 100 most popular Christian songs currently being played in churches according to the CCLI Top 100. Kieran picks a number, and I... Kazoo mm-hmm. it to him, and uh, we see if you can guess it quicker than him, listeners. Um, and there's been, there's been some competition, Kieran. I'm not going gonna, I'm not gonna to say who, but a woman to whom I'm married uh, has uh, been beating <laughs> you at this uh, on the regular. Right. So you've got to yeah. step up. She's, yeah. She said that she got the all five correct the first week we did it. And then the second week, she got it quicker than you. So uh, I don't doubt it. So you know, you gotta, you gotta. I'm not as cool as your wife. So (laughs) she's uh, much more into this, uh, you know, chart music. I'm sure than I am. So fair Um, play to her. So yeah, Kieran, you're gonna, you're gonna pick a number between one and a hundred. Then when you know it, you're gonna say stop, and then we'll give the listeners a moment to 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 catch up with you, and then you're gonna tell me your guess. Well, I'm sorry to make you go away down the list, Michael, but I feel like we should do number 73 today. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Well, I don't, uh, I don't know why. I just feel like 73 is, is the number for well, today. Well, I've been uh, really meditating on Psalm 73, verse 26, so maybe mm. maybe we're like vibing on a spiritual level right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Bit of synergy there. Spiritual synergy. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take out the time it takes me to find number 73. So here we go. Listeners, I don't know 73. Shocking, <laughs> shocking behavior on my part. Um, and number 73, Kieran, is Across the Lands by Keith Getty and Stuart Townend. Do you know that one? Yeah, yeah I've n- never heard that one. No, never no. heard that one. I'll have to listen after the after we've recorded this this week. Um, so yeah. would you like 72 or 74? Can I interest you in one either side? Uh, let's go 72, actually, yeah. 72. Well, I think... You'll know this one, Kieran, but how quickly <laughs> will you get it? Here we go. Stop. 
Oh, he got it quite quickly. Kieran, what do you think? I think it's When the Music Fades, Heart of Worship by Matthew... (laughs) By Matthew... Matthew J. Redman, I assume (laughs) his middle initial is. It is now. Well done, Kieran. It is Heart of Worship. Uh, that, That takes me back, Kieran, to when we were in a youth group and we used to sit in a big circle... And, yeah, and sing worship songs, and it was just a cappella. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think eventually someone brought a guitar. I don't know if it was you, it might have been uh-huh. you. Um, and we used to sing Possibly. the heart of worship in that setting. That's what it reminds me of the most. Do you remember that? I do remember that. I remember it well. Uh huh. Good times. Good yeah. times. Yeah. When we were young and in shorts. Yeah. <laughs> young and in shorts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, well done, Kieran. You're doing well so far in the quizzes this episode. Let's keep this fun train rolling. Hmm. Okay, Kieran, it's time for this week's hmm. And as I alluded to earlier, this one is by William Kerper, the aforementioned. And, uh, Listeners, if you're new to uh, hmm, then what I do is I read out the first three lines of a hymn, and uh, Kieran has to guess the correct fourth line out of three, two of which I have made up, and one of which is the real fourth line. And mm-hmm. so this one, uh, William Kepler was 1731 to 1800 he lived, Kieran, so this one's kind of ye olde English, so uh, bear with me okay. as I try to say it properly. But here, here we go. Jesus, where'er thy people meet, there they behold thy mercy seat. Where'er they seek thee, thou art found, dot, 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 and they make unto thee a holy sound. And with garments of praise they be gowned, and every place is hallowed ground. So I'm going to say it one more time because it can be hard to to follow along. Jesus, where'er thy people meet, there they behold thy mercy seat. Where'er they seek thee, thou art found, and they make unto thee a holy sound. And with garments of praise they be gowned, and every place is hallowed ground. Mm, I really think it's the third one, every place is hallowed ground. Yeah? What makes you think that? Yeah. Well, I feel like it fits with the theme of the song very mm. well, the theme of the verse. So well done, Michael, if it was you. Brilliant writing. Well. Uh, <laughs> but, I, but I think it's that one. Well, thank you very much, Kieran, for your compliment to <laughs> William Cowper. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this stuff. one was tougher good for stuff. me. Um, mm, but uh, yeah. yeah, you got it right. And obviously my, my lines were, were not, not as strong as... as uh, some guy who does it for a job or whatever. You could have, you could have come up with that line, bro. You could have done that. If only you hadn't got there first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You probably would have written that hymn anyway. Yeah, you know? I was going to write it. I just <laughs> hadn't got around to it yet. And then exactly. apparently William Cowper wrote it. So. <laughs> exactly. Well, Kieran, I mean, you're doing great. Clean, clean sheet so far through all the quizzes. We only have one more quiz to go. And it is the top three. So uh, let's, let's roll that intro and see how you do. Nice one. 
the top, 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 top three, three, three. Okay, listeners, if you are new to the top three, I give Kieran three words that are in the Bible, the New International Version, and he has to uh, rank them as to the number of times they are mentioned in the Bible. For a long time now, we were doing kind of the rule of three words. I promised that I would get off my rule of three horse. So now I'm doing rhyming words, Kieran. (laughs) Okay. And it's quite tough this week. I think that I might just stump you. You've done very well in all the quizzes, but I'm feeling good about flowers, powers, and showers. (laughs) (laughs) What a great great trio. So, Kieran, flowers, powers, and showers, those exact words, as plurals, not singulars, with the S on, I searched... And uh, I have the number of times they're mentioned in the New International Version. It's pretty close. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, if you get this, then then I might have to send you something in the post as a, as a prize for this week because uh, you've yeah. done very well indeed. Well, these must be like in the... I would imagine these are all sort of in the dozens, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of how frequently they appear. I don't think any of these are going to be high numbers. Um, You're right there. Mm, mm. But I feel like Powers probably ekes it out just mm-hmm. ahead of the others. And then I think, mm, I think probably Flowers next and Showers last. So from most to least, Powers, Flowers, Showers. <laughs> it's fun hearing you say that. So you're locking in Powers, Flowers, Showers. Yes. Okay, Kieran. I mean, to be honest, I would probably do the same. But let's see if you're right. Oh, Oh, Kieran. I'm very very cruel. I'm very cruel with this one. This (laughs) one's a real tough one. In fact, believe it or not, Flowers is the winner. With Ah, 18 mentions in the New International Version. Showers second with 14. And Powers with just 12. Oh, uh, right. Brings wow. Up, brings up the rear. But uh, like I said, okay. I, I mean, there's only six in it. I'm really throwing you a, yeah, yeah. a hard curveball to, <laughs> to try and get you to get that right. So uh, I take nothing away from your excellent performance this week. <laughs> well, I like the rhyming uh, motif as well. That's a good one. So there's uh, en- endless fun to be had with that. So <laughs> Let's hope so, because we've got a lot of episodes to get through the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, yes. Here we go. Timothy, my dear boy, turn up the bass. After all, a little bass is good for your stomach. (laughs) Bible facts, blowing up your brain with these actual, factual, mildly intellectual. Bible facts, every book covered with a crazy fun fact for you. Bible facts, 66 books, we're not counting the apocrypha. Bible facts. Bible facts. Bible facts. Bible facts. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have been working our way through the books of the Bible. Each week, sharing an interesting fact about one of the books. And this week, it is my turn as host to give you an interesting fact. And we are on Ezekiel, Kieran, um, which is is exciting. 
How do you feel about mm-hmm. Ezekiel? Uh, when was the last time you, you perused some Ezekiel? I don't really know how to feel about Ezekiel because it's actually been a long time since I yeah. since I dipped into that book. But I think Ezekiel, in the popular consciousness amongst Christians anyway, I think Ezekiel is the sort of like wheels within wheels, mm-hmm. uh, slightly strange prophecy type book. I think that's what comes to my mind when I think of Ezekiel. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but it's been so long since I since I read it. It's been a good while. So looking forward to this. Well, I spent. This week, Kieran, must have been, for me, one of the longest preparation times, which is not a good week to uh, to do on, on the week you move house and do all the other stuff. So it's been, it's been a long week, but I was really yeah. struggling to get a fact for Ezekiel. I actually read Ezekiel cover to cover almost twice, um, as okay. well as doing a bunch of research. And I think, ultimately, I didn't come up with like an interesting short fact about Ezekiel. Um, Mm. But I think the fact is that Ezekiel is for us. And that is kind of an interesting fact, that Ezekiel is a book that is for you and me or the listener to read now. Um, Ezekiel was a prophet. He was prophesying a very unique moment in history. So... Uh, when just between the first you know invasion of Jerusalem and and the fall of of Jerusalem and and the destruction of the temple he's in a very unique position in a very unique context so he was taken with 10,000 others uh to Babylon just uh like i say a few years before the ultimate destruction of Jerusalem so he's he's prophesying to God's people Israel in exile mm as part of the second wave of the powerful people taken from Jerusalem to Babylon, Ezekiel is prophesying about something quite specific, about Israel's unfaithfulness to God, about the destruction of the temple, which is uh, forthcoming. He's prophesying about uh, the destruction of the nations that surround Israel, and then also about God's promise for the future. He's also super organized with his dates. So we know that he was writing between uh, 593 and 571 BC. And Ezekiel's prose is super rich. It walks really closely, like you say, Kieran, to like apocalyptic imagery. Perhaps the closest book to Ezekiel in the Bible is actually Revelation, which shares a lot of imagery with Ezekiel. And that can make some parts of Ezekiel a little bit of a slog to read through. Um... And all of these things might make Ezekiel seem like a book that you might want to skip. And I think quite a lot of our people out there do. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we were reading Jeremiah, right? Isn't this just more of the same, really? You know, if I read Jeremiah, do I really need to read Ezekiel? I mean, they both even have the part about the sour grapes in them. I mean, do I really have to read Ezekiel as well? And uh, But I, yeah, I think... All that set up aside, the fact is that Ezekiel is for us. There's so much in this book, and I can tell you because I read the whole thing um, uh, more than once and have read it multiple times. But like you, Kieran, it's been a wee while since the last time I did a Bible in one year was the last time I read it all cover to cover. Mm. Um, It tells us about God's nature, and it reminds us of how we should be living. And I think I just kind of looked through Ezekiel and read it and took down some notes. 
Ezekiel chapter 2 reminds us that God uses us even though we're only human. Ezekiel chapter 3 reminds us of the importance of knowing God's word and how good it is, as well as the importance of looking out for our brothers and sisters and speaking truth in love. All of Ezekiel reminds us of the futility of worshipping idols and the destruction that it leads to. Ezekiel Mm. chapter 18 reminds us that God doesn't punish children for their parents' sin, but that people are responsible for their own sin, for their own choices. Ezekiel chapter 18 and chapter 33 remind us that God doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. He wants people to turn from their evil ways and to live. That's important because God gets a bad rap on that, but it's explicit. Yeah. Ezekiel chapters 25 to 32 remind us that God is the God of all nations and that if we purport to follow God and then go our own way, we can misrepresent God and lead people astray. Ezekiel chapters 33 through to 37 remind us that God is a God of justice and that God is a good shepherd and he'll bring his flock back to good pasture. Ezekiel chapters 40 to 48 remind us that God will create a new temple out of which will flow a great life-giving river bordered by trees whose fruit is for food and whose leaves are for healing. Mm. So Ezekiel is for us. It teaches us about God, about ourselves. It answers important questions. It contains important reminders. And ultimately, like all the scripture, it's part of a unified story that leads to and points to Jesus. So it's rich. It's beautifully written in many places. It's all of these things. And despite the outward appearance of this book thinking, oh, well, maybe it's not really for me. Maybe I'll just focus on the Gospels and the Pauline letters, much like, you know, the guy that we, we talked about earlier, Constantine Sylvanus, you know. Actually, yeah. no, it is it is for us. Uh, we should read it. And it's it's full of great stuff. So not so much of a Bible fact today. I found it difficult to find a Bible fact, but just a kind of encouragement, I suppose. Uh, Give it a read. Yeah, well, you've reminded me, Michael, of some of the great encouragement that is in the book of Ezekiel. And uh, in particular, I was mindful of uh, chapter 37 and that well-known passage about the the dry bones, Mm. the vision of the dry bones and God putting flesh on those bones and about it being, it seems seems to be about a a promise of the Holy Spirit and Mm. God giving the Holy Spirit to his people, which of course is pointing to Jesus and it's pointing to uh, the, you know, the coming Messiah and the hope that we, we have in him. Yeah. Um, it's interesting in that looking back again, just reading some of that chapter now that, um, uh, you know, Ezekiel is referred to as son of man, which I mm. think in that context is just kind of a way of saying, God saying, you're a human, <laughs> almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but, but then it's, it's interesting that the, Jesus adopts that title Mm. And, and uses that to refer to himself and, and really, I think, grounds himself in, in the experience of human beings. Um, so there's something wonderful about, you know, in that sense of God coming down and, and being amongst his people and living mm. life as a human in that way that, you know, is so uh, uh, that, that we can relate to and, and connect with him on that level while he is also God. So. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really interesting that you bring that up because that I that was definitely one alley that I was looking down as to, you know, is there an interesting fact here between a son of man? And uh, it's definitely interesting. Ezekiel is constantly referred to throughout the book as a son of man mm. or, but well, 
a son of man, which like you say, Kieran, is about him being human. And that's I said uh, in my synopsis that it reminds us that God uses even though we're only human uh, because yeah. he used Ezekiel. But what's interesting is uh, that Jesus refers to himself as the son of man. He's the only mm. one with the definitive article, which I think speaks right, to the fact right. that he was fully human, um, but mm. also that he was perfectly human. He was a yeah. perfect human. He was a perfect he, he didn't sin. He was without sin. And in that sense, yeah. he was he's kind of like the archetype of humanity, like how God would have wanted us all to be. Um, and mm. therefore, because he was perfectly mm. human and the perfect human, perfectly and uniquely equipped to, to die for our sins, uh, to, to restore us to relationship with God. It's definitely interesting, though, that a son of man and the son of man is a, a really good parallel. There's lots in there in Ezekiel to, to look at for sure. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Michael, for sharing that. It's actually really encouraging. So thank you. Pleasure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have time for. We have crammed as much entertainment into Holy Half Hour as we possibly can for your listening pleasure. If you enjoy what we do, please do share it. You can get in touch with us. Hello at holyhalfhour.co.uk. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Holy Half Hour if you'd like to see what we get up to behind the scenes or have other encouraging posts. But until next week, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Kieran, for being here with me. Thank you also, Michael. It's been fun. And thanks, listeners, for for listening. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll see you next time. Absolutely. Goodbye. Bye-bye.